0: In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of Faith Walkers reflect on when Jesus touched the leper. Do you ask for what you need? The focus scripture is from Mark 1.40. This conversation was recorded in June of 2023. Our mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. To learn more about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. Join the
1: conversation. If if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, uh, we have uh, been doing some Bible study in the Book of Mark and Mark's description of the life and ministry of Jesus. Mark, it, I, I really am growing to like Mark a lot because Mark is short and he's to the point and that's kind of the way I am. I'm just short and to the point, and and uh, and that's the way he tells these stories. So there, there's no introduction. There's no uh, history of the life and ministry of Jesus, but Jesus has been up in Capernaum and around the Sea of Galilee, and and he's performing miracles, and the people are hearing about it, and they're following him, and we pick up the story now somewhere in the region, uh, beginning in verse 40 of chapter 1, and during this time, Jesus met a man stricken with leprosy a skin disease that many people thought made him ritually unclean. I'm reading out of the voice translation. The the leper, uh, and you you recognize leprosy is a disease of the skin, and it's incurable. So the first thing I want to say about this man with leprosy is uh, he's a dead man walking. He has no hope. He has no future. He has no life. He's excluded from the community, and he's living in isolation. Or if he's in community, he's in community with other people that are dead dead people walking also. Uh, So Jesus is passing through, and this leper is there, and the leper boldly walks right up to Jesus, and he drops to his knees. And he begs Jesus for help. And the leper said this to Jesus. Jesus, if you want to, you can make me clean. You can heal me. Jesus was powerfully moved. And he reached out and he actually touched the leper. Now, let me just give a little, a little uh, commentary there which was breaking the religious law. The leper had to walk through an area yelling out, unclean, unclean, so that people could get out of his or her way. They weren't supposed to be near them. They weren't supposed to touch them. This guy comes running up to Jesus into his space, which would make most of us really uncomfortable, He asks for help, and he says, if you're willing, you could make me clean. Jesus is moved with compassion, and he reaches out and he touches the guy. And then Jesus says, I do want to be clean. And at that instant, the, the disease left the man. The leper was cleansed, and I love the way the voice translation puts it. Listen to the faith walking in this. He was cleansed and made whole again. He was restored to wholeness. Simple little story, but it's not quite over. Then Jesus sent him away. And as he sent him away, he warned him strongly. Don't tell anybody how this happened. And then he said to the man, go to the temple or the tabernacle, show yourself to the priest. Uh, In in other words, go through all the religious hoop jumping you have to jump through to be declared clean by the priest. Perform the ceremonies prescribed by Moses as proof of your cleansing, and then you can return home. But notice, Jesus told him, don't tell anybody how this happened. Have you ever thought about the impossibility of that? So here's a guy who's a dead man walking and he gets healed, and he starts walking down the street, and I'm, I'm sure somebody said, oh my gosh, what happened to this guy? Who did this? How did this happen? And unfortunately, or fortunately, the good news is just hard to keep quiet, and the man talked everywhere about how Jesus had healed him, In fact, he talked about it so much that Jesus could no longer come into a town openly without risk of being mobbed by the crowds of people. So Jesus remained out on the outskirts of town. And yet even there, people sought him out and they found him from far and wide. End of story. It was fascinating to me that some of the the common commentators that i read uh made a big deal about this guy being disobedient to the command that jesus gave him to be quiet um i tried to put myself in the man's shoes and think how in the world can you not tell people what happened Uh, so so here's the thing i i think jesus in foresight knew The crowds are already crowding around me. If you remember in Capernaum, uh, Capernaum, there was a line of people lined up to see Jesus. The crowds are beginning to gather all around because they want a miracle to happen. And Jesus knows, oh my gosh, if this guy goes and tells people he was cured of an incurable disease, I mean, there are going to be so many people, so don't tell anybody. At the same time, so, so I want to say a couple of things about that. Jesus was anxious. Wait, you mean Jesus got anxious? Absolutely. Jesus was 100% a human. Jesus got anxious. But Jesus didn't react out of his anxiety. So he, he, he asked the guy, please. Don't do this because Jesus was anxious about what could happen. But he didn't try to control the guy and make him do. He allowed the guy to do whatever he did. Okay. Uh I, I think I just think that's important. So what, what are some things uh to to pull from this text? I I think there's several things. First of all, what I just said, Jesus didn't allow his own anxiety. to to control his decision to heal the man. Okay, so notice, Jesus knew what would happen if he healed this guy. But he told the guy not to talk. But his anxiety didn't stop him from doing what he knew to be the right thing to do. So, lesson, let's don't let anxiety stop us from the right thing to do. Even when we're afraid, we we can do it. Uh, A second lesson here that's kind of a faith-walking lesson, notice that the leper boldly comes up to Jesus and asks for what he needs. So often in our faith-walking work, I had people talk to me about the wounds of their first formation, and, and one of the wounds of their first formation is, my needs aren't important, and it's not okay to ask for what I want or need. And that's just not true. And I think this story uh, depicts in just a little way, it's okay to ask for what we need, even when what we need is a really big thing. Now, that doesn't mean we're always going to get what we need. Okay? Doesn't mean that need always gets met. But it's always okay. It's okay to have needs, and it's okay to have our needs met in any relationship. I think that's a pretty big idea. A a couple of things here that I want to highlight for us is that Jesus differentiated himself regularly and consistently from the other religious leaders of the day. So it was against the rules for Jesus to touch this guy. It, It was against the rules Uh, for him to be anywhere near this guy, and yet Jesus was so moved with compassion, the first thing he did was reach out and touch the man, even before he healed him. Now, you could say, well, his touch healed. Well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I, I think there's something to the idea Jesus was willing to touch an unclean person. And so he differentiated himself regularly uh, with his emphasis, his priority on love and compassion. And here's what I want to say to all of us today. I wish today that more Christian people would emphasize love and compassion over rituals and rules. Because it seems like we're, we're right back where we started from. We're, we're, we're right back where Jesus was. And, and we're battling people who want to emphasize the rules and the rituals and the legalism rather than emphasizing love and compassion. These crowds of people were following Jesus, and I, and I don't know why. But I think there is a, maybe a, a, a lesson of warning in it. And, and I, this is the thought I had. Do I want the fruit of the kingdom without the way of the kingdom? Do I want the fruit more than I want the way? Because Jesus came teaching a way, and the miracles were fruit of the way. And, oh, yeah, I want to live in a land where it's peaceful. I want to live in a land full of joy. I want to live in a land where everybody is, is whole and healed again. Yeah, and do I want, and, and what's the way to get there? I think the way is the way of love and compassion and many other things. But, but do I just want the fruit or do I want the way? Uh, that's an important question for me, I think. Um, and I think often we think we know the way already, and we really don't know the way already. So Jesus came announcing and demonstrating the kingdom. And both things are vitally important, both the demonstration of the kingdom, which I'm calling the fruit and the announcing, which is we, we're announcing the way. Uh, and, so, I think it's a pretty interesting story. So, what's that stirrup for you? stirrup anything in you today? Unmute and talk to me about it, please.
2: I love this. I love this that you brought this out in mark. Um, and I just I couldn't agree with you more about how, as Christians, we need to be showing love and compassion instead of um, deciding who or what we're going to line up with um we live in a hurting world yeah and unless we're ready to show up with love and compassion and i think about you know that he actually touched the leper i mean what would it look like if instead of pronouncing How we're for this or against that, instead of really sitting and listening and looking to the person that we feel is untouchable. Yeah. And connecting with them. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. I have a passion for this that I won't (laughs) go into, but I have in my past I've I've been judgmental, but God has seen it necessary, thankfully, that. I've had experiences in my very own family mm-hmm. where some of that they've become untouchable according to the world standards. Right. And yeah, I just the that's the answer is love and compassion. Yeah. Or they, you know, that's the only way that they're gonna know Jesus. And yeah. yeah. And that doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to change the way the world sees, but Mm -hmm. it does mean that they'll draw nearer to God, I believe.
1: Yeah. As I was, as I was, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, go ahead. Well, as I was, as I was doing this study, uh, I know, Trish, you were, you were in uh, a faith walking group with me where some of this came out. I've had numerous faith walking groups lately where people have talked about deep trauma, in their lives, and uh, and it has been powerful. And for whatever reason, this story took me to those trauma stories. And I, I'm not completely sure what all the connection is, other than uh, Jesus was moved with compassion, and he wanted to to bring wholeness to this person, and I believe. Here's what I believe. I I don't know that I see it all the time, but I believe that even people with deep trauma in their life can be restored to wholeness.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's in the power of their story, which I know we talk a lot about, but Mm -hmm. just for us to be able to show up and to listen to their story so that they can experience our compassion. They can experience Jesus's compassion. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's what it takes on our part. Really, really, so little right. when I think about it. Show right. up, listen, be compassionate. <laughs> you know, it's I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. Anyway,
1: yeah. Be non-judgmental. Be non-condemning. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Could you could so when I talk about the way, that's the way. The way of Jesus is non-judgmental. Judge not, lest you be judged. I mean, it's right there in Matthew. Okay, mm-hmm. can I show up in that way? Mm-hmm. And can I love people who everybody else says is unclean? Can I love them? And can I can I somehow reach out and touch them in a way that God's restoring wholeness can, can happen in their life? Uh, and like you say, even if that wholeness looks different than I expect it to look, Right.
2: Right. Not not to do it with an ulterior motive of whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but to Mm -hmm. do it out of genuine love, genuine passion and letting the Lord continue to work in their life. However, however, he will, Um, because none of us have arrived yet. (laughs) right? And um, yeah. Anyway, it's great, great passage. Thank you for bringing this.
1: Thank you, Trish.
0: And when you're talking about the trauma, when I, when I read that story, I've always deeply thought about the compassion that that Jesus showed, because when somebody has gone through trauma, and I know I have, but when you're, you're that person that has been traumatized, you, you feel like an alien to everybody else. You feel like a weirdo, unlovable, untouchable. You know, you think that Mm -hmm. if you share even a little piece of yourself, you're just too much. And mm-hmm. and I know even t- there's times even in this group when I broke down, like I did last Friday, I come back, you know, my shame voice kicks in. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know it's better, but it's still hard, but I know yeah. that because of what I feel and what I experience, it makes me more compassionate on others and mm-hmm. being able, you know, to provide that space, that safe space. And uh, gaining trust with those that are, you know, the leopard. <laughs> but I'm yeah. trying to school some of my family members right now through this. To uh, I'm pleading for them not to act out in legalism over some issues that we're dealing with right now, and mm-hmm. and just practice love. And I'm I'm just praying for that. Really praying for that mm-hmm. because trauma to any well any even somebody who's sick all the time. You know, they get get judged, you know, oh, you're in chronic pain. Well, you need to do this. You need to do that rather than just having some compassion and understanding or maybe providing some help, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's uh, I I recently went through a situation with a doctor who just flat out didn't believe me. I had to go pull all my records from all the way back in 2014 to prove a point of medical reasoning for some of the stuff that I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. Yeah it made me so mad i'm changing doctors obviously i mean (laughs) because it's just like um you're supposed to you're supposed to help me not judge me right you know so and and when we're not compassionate it causes people to shut down they just and they'll just stay Mm -hmm. in their trauma and medicate their trauma in whatever way they need to and share another thing or trust christians or anything else you know so yeah. anyway that's my take on the opposite end
1: thank you brenda
3: one of the things that i was kind of thinking of as you were reading through it kind of that made haven't really kind of seen totally before was this idea where you know it says jesus was was moved or filled with compassion and is it saying the question that i was kind of reading was was it saying that jesus is someone who's filled with compassion so therefore this is how he responded or is it saying he saw the person, and it feels like the text is saying he saw the man,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and that's what it was. This specific situation, this one-on-one, this this, this closeness, um, which then kind of leads me to, um, I can say that I'm a compassionate person, but if I'm never really seeing, mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. really in proximity to someone's hurt and brokenness right. i really am filled i have a i have a logical compassionate block but i am not filled with compassion or uh you know some of the other languages that, that you know break that that down which makes me want to kind of go look at some of those wordings because that that line is interpreted differently in different translations it kind of yeah it's around.
1: It's, uh, I, I, I didn't do a study of it thoroughly, Sean, but, but it actually implies Jesus got angry. Indignant. Yeah. That's the, yeah, the, the, yeah, there's fire and, and, and we don't know well what exactly does that mean? Uh, he was, his emotions <laughs> were moved strongly and for related to something. And, uh, it's fascinating what some of the commentators come up with, uh, that I just think are ridiculous ideas. Sure, I, I could imagine, I could imagine.
3: <laughs> but but it just made me think, okay, if we take this as he's he's moved in such a way that he acts with mercy. Right. So it leads to mercy, whatever it may have been. Um, mm-hmm. But is it because he is someone, it just seems like to me as I read it, and I've kind of seen it, it's in the moment of seeing the person. Right. It's in It's in the interaction. So if the interaction, right there in my life then i miss this moment
1: right and i i I love that you highlighted and used the words proximity sure he he had to be in proximity and then he was moved with compassion because he saw the the man in front of him yeah Yeah. all of that
3: because i've actually i've 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 met or i've interacted with people who have leprosy um mm. and it's a mm. very odd um, mm. experience yeah um, and uh it does it does move you you know in a way now all the, the cultural baggage is not there per se um but there's another layer of cultural baggage of yeah am I gonna be sick? am I like should right. I even be doing this like is this right, right? like someone else right. should be doing it. all those things come up and um, it just sure. anyway. That's what I was just thinking of. That, that proximity, that um, mm. that compassion isn't really whole without actual interaction.
1: Yeah, that's good, Sean. Thank you. Anyone else want to speak? Don't hesitate to unmute if you'd like to.
2: Well, I was gonna say
4: I hadn't thought of Jesus as anxious before, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: but then
4: mm-hmm. the minute I thought that I thought, well, that's silly. He was still human, <laughs> so that's yeah. a good
1: point. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and and in it leslie i think so jesus was anxious but jesus never gave in to his anxiety and became reactive i think i mean that's that's what we see yeah
0: i agree yeah
1: jerry did you want to say something
2: uh,
4: well i think the thing that resonated with me when you're talking about um it's okay to have needs and to- Mm-hmm. You know, speak out those needs. yeah, that that's something I, I really struggle with. I think, you know, as as a woman, as an Asian woman, as a Christian, I feel like I've been taught, oh, it's better to give than to receive. And so a mm-hmm. lot of times I'm always looking to see, well, how can I take care of other people, meet their needs? And a lot of times then I become unaware or un- unable to speak out what are my needs um, in, yeah. in the moment. Yeah, and uh, you, you know, I I appreciate you affirming that because I, I think when I deny my needs, then a lot of times you know I'm hurting, I'm frustrated, and all kinds mm-hmm. of things happen because I feel like I don't have the right to say I need this from you mm-hmm. uh, to another person, and I think that builds up a lot of frustration and anxiety for me. So I I appreciate you affirming that. So it's okay to have needs. It's okay mm-hmm. to try and meet those needs, and like you said, maybe um, sometimes other people do not meet your needs, but at least I have the right to say that, and I can feel good that, you know, I've, I've been heard in that way,
1: mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and mm-hmm. then I take responsibility for having my needs met in legitimate ways, it's just that this person may not be able to help me mm-hmm. meet that need, in a legitimate way. Uh, but yeah, we, we all have needs and and it's okay to ask for what we need.
4: Yeah, I, I think so often in the past, I kind of expect other people to read my mind and when they <laughs> don't read my mind, then then, then I, I'm upset and angry with them. And, and I realize I just have to speak it out. Right. What you said, like I have to take responsibility for naming and articulating my needs and not expect the other person to... Just know or to or to read my mind. That's not fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's good stuff. Thank you, Jerry. So what is one action item that I could take away from this story? What's one place of application for me from this story is what I'm asking. Somebody willing to share with me what pops into your head as a as a, a way to take action on this?
0: Continue to ask for help, even though, right. even, when, even when it gets. Because I've kind of gotten to a point where I've gotten so fed up with asking for help that I've just quit asking, and and then I'm left with the frustration of of not being able to take care of certain things because I just physically can't do it, or I push myself to take care of things and then hurt myself, and but I I was just telling myself this yesterday, not even knowing what this message was. I've got to continue asking for help and, and take the keep pushing that responsibility of getting certain needs met mm-hmm. regardless. Okay.
1: Good. Instead Good, of she- Brenda. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I need one more before I'm gonna
3: let you go. Well, I, don't know if anyone, I don't say, I don't know if anyone hasn't shared a given chance, but I was just thinking, uh, uh, you know, that being proximate, that thing in there, but then also this, the, the idea where Jesus says, don't tell, you kind of like set there for a little while. And that is like, yeah, there's a lot of weird ideas and I was just thinking and, I, and I've kind of been formulating it for a little while that Jesus um was was he didn't want it to kind of catch a beyond himself the whole this, the kingdom is coming because right. the idea the ideology at the time was was like here's the Messiah and he keeps right. kind of to push down this like violent way of doing it yeah taking it over and so I think he's trying to keep pace with that. He doesn't want it to get beyond himself. And, and we're at the community right now in our the local community here, we're reading through first Peter together. And there's so much of that, that is like, do the kingdom thing, the kingdom way. Mm-hmm. Don't go beyond. Don't try to get outside of the kingdom stuff. Yeah. And so thinking as, as we're interacting with our own brokenness and interacting with the world's brokenness, um, our, our indignant, our, our compassionate anger sometimes it makes us want to go do it a different way yeah mm-hmm. and just so so for me just kind of like okay um, how do I just keep reminding myself do this the kingdom way mm-hmm. whatever situations I have in front of me and just kind of remind myself almost like a um, don't tell means don't go off and make this your own thing and mm-hmm. and, and build off this one little thing so so for mm-hmm. me it's, it's the mm-hmm. thing, as the things I'm thinking about is like okay how do I just stay? Stay in this Jesus lane of being moved with compassion, um, and trusting that that will actually transform myself and the world around me. And yeah. I don't really have to go too much beyond that. If that makes mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. sense, I don't know if maybe I'm rambling with that. but That's how I just feel. Like no, that's really good. Off, and <laughs> going off and telling is is creating a new story, and and saying no, I want to stay in this story where Jesus interacts and says, "Be healed, get up, mm-hmm. I'm moved." So that's, I want to sort of stay in that, that lane.
1: Yeah. I love that thought, Sean. I love it. Thank you. Michelle, would you like to speak before we go?
5: Yeah. Okay. Um, I I just went back to the beginning where um, I think in the translation you read, it said, um that Jesus wanted to, he wanted to reach out and touch the man he wanted to heal him and, um, and is that what i want to do or do i want to do it because of because i have to like mm. where am i in that um and so just allowing jesus to come and touch my heart where where perhaps mm. i need to experience a little bit of that jesus mm. reaching out to me so then i can reach out to others and want to do it rather than do it from a place of having to or just not having anything to give them anyway
1: yeah that's what i was pondering yeah michelle here's what that stirs for me a, a completely new thought do do i do i really want other people to be whole or do i just want them to become like me yeah Do I really want them to be whole? What if them being whole means they're different than me? Um, Do I really want people to be whole or do I just want them to believe what I believe? Interesting stuff. Thank you. What else? Mm -hmm. Anything else there?
5: No, I'm going to cry now. So I'm going to mute again.
1: Group. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for being here. Uh, We'll, uh, We'll be back next week, and right now, I'll, we'll be looking at Mark chapter 2, and which is a really another interesting and exciting story. I'm, uh, I'm already looking forward to studying it. Grace and peace to you all.
0: For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.com. We want to remind you that Faithwalking exists because of your financial support. Please consider donating today at faithwalking.com. Visit our site for more workshops and courses available online. Thank you for listening.